Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Young God Pod, a podcast for gods. As promised in the first episode, I'll be sharing the 9 books that kind of made me who I am, that changed how I viewed myself and the world. But first, let me get into a small rant. I promise it will all make sense in the end. Everyone talks about how reading is so important and how it is the best thing since sliced bread. What they don't tell you is that there's levels to this reading thing. It's not enough to read, to just pick up a book and put words in your head. Are you reading the right stuff? Are you reading stuff that will make you smarter, wiser? Or are you reading to escape reality? What are you filling your mind with? What's your motive, your intention? Maybe it's just me, but reading one book that has the potential to change your life in practical ways is more valuable than reading all the books in the Harry Potter and Twilight series just for entertainment. What I realized about fictional books is that really, they are just an opportunity for the writer to show off their amazing storytelling skills and wordplay. They don't always make you better. They don't add anything to your life in the long term. Unless you're one of those, those, those amazingly insightful people who are able to apply the morals from those stories into your own life. Otherwise, fictional books are the equivalent of junk food. They taste good, but they have no nutritional value. I can understand children and young adults reading books purely for the love of a good story. That's fine. That lights up the fires of imagination and creativity. But as an adult, a full-fledged adult, Your life is more complicated, so you have to be more varied and diversified with your reading diet. The stakes are higher when you become an adult. You can't just cram your mind with with all the entertaining novels out there. You need to mix in some fiber, some substance, something that would actually add to your life. And this is where self-help books come in. For some reason, people talk down on them, but they are... In my opinion, some of the most valuable books out there. They are packed with so much life-changing information, wisdom and practicality, pragmatism, that even the best stories could never give. When I was in high school, I read all the books by Dan Brown, John Grisham, Robert Ludlum, J.K. Rowling, Ah, Chinua Achebe, Chimamanda, Enid Blyton, Do those names not ring a bell for your childhood? And all the other elite storytellers of the time. I would read those books at the expense of my academics. I didn't care, man. I just wanted to get it in. They even inspired me to write stories of my own. And I would share them them with my classmates to read and critique. By age 14, I had written my first novel in boarding school. It wasn't until my final year, at about 16 years old, that I came across my first self-help book, The 48 Laws of Power, by Robert Greene. I'm sure you're all familiar with, with that controversial piece of literature. I found the book sitting in my father's bookshelf one morning. I think it was a morning. The title drew me in, 48 Laws of Power. 16-year-old me was like, you telling me if I read this book, I'm going to acquire power? 
sign me up. So I read the book and I got more than I could have ever bargained for. While it, while it didn't give me direct power, it gifted me with something even better. The ultimate idea about power. And ideas, and ideas are powerful because the right one can light up a fire in you like nothing before. I had never read a book that was so truthful and straight to the point. I was so used to all the flowery recommended reading like Chiki Goose to School. But now, here I was with a front row seat into the ways of the real world. It was like eating the, forbi- the, the, the forbidden fruit. As a kid, all I knew was childish things. But this book, this book opened my eyes to a new mindset. The 48 Laws showed me an ideal to aspire to. A person who is calm, collected, and observant. Fluid and adaptive like water. And always in control. A balanced individual. Sign me up. Law 5 in the book is an all-time fave though. It says, so much depends on your reputation. Guard it with your life. Ain't that a title? How can I not pay attention to that kind of instruction? There's a quote in that particular chapter that says, it is easier to live with a guilty conscience than a bad reputation. Let that sink in. That burst my brain. These are things that you would learn the hard way, but this book gave it all to me on a platter for free. So, the 48 Laws introduced me to the world of self-help and self-development, and I would never look back. After being thoroughly educated by the 48 Laws, I went ahead to read all the books by the author, each of them a gem in their own right. Touching on different aspects of life, you know, conflict, relationships, you name it. It was, you know, the way the guy writes is just reality in paper form. They they, they gave me a well-rounded education, I have to say. So next, I read The Art of Seduction. And as usual, my expectations were very small-minded. I was expecting some shortcut to getting women to fall in love or sleep with me. Calm down now, I was 18 or 19 at the time. Don't judge me, okay? But what I got instead was a treasure trove of practical insight about how nuanced the seductive process is. Robert Greene broke it down to a science and an art. Sorry. Oh man, excuse me. That was the shawarma I ate earlier today. <laughs> anyway, uh, where was I? So yeah, I, I just I, I learned that seduction is all about personality, tapping into what makes you unique and letting your natural passion flow. I learned that I, I learned about the different types of seducers. I learned about the type of seducer that I am, and I can tell you that seduction is very psychological and must be approached with strategy especially if you want to increase your chances of getting the object of your desire. You know? And the best part about the book is that the ideas not only apply to romance, but also to politics, 
branding, marketing. Scenarios where you have to seduce the masses. You know, the, the art of seduction really impressed me even more than 48 Laws, I have to say. And then, um, while reading the, the Art of Seduction, I learned that Robert Greene had also he had also written a book with 50 Cent called The 50th Law. Now, this book is really fascinating. It basically illustrated the 48 Laws of Power through 50 Cent's life. The book is about developing a fearless attitude that lets you face life like a boss. And if you're familiar with 50 Cent, you would know that he is as fearless as they come. When you survived nine shots to the body and face, nothing can move you. Nothing can phase you. But the point the book was trying to make was that you shouldn't have to wait for life to put you in a corner before you begin to develop that fearless attitude. You should start now, while things are good, to strengthen yourself so that when things go bad, you're prepared. When things get tough, you can deal. When the stakes are high, you can count on yourself. One of the things that, that stood out to me in the book, of everything else, was the idea of intense realism. That is, to see things for what they are. To resist the temptation to wish things were different, especially when things are going bad. Instead, one must fearlessly accept these circumstances, even embrace them, in order to overcome them. It also taught me the value of focusing my attention on what is going on around me so that I gained a sharp appreciation for what makes some people advance and others fall behind. The idea is simple. The firmer your grasp on reality, the more power you will have to alter it for your purposes. But first, you must learn not to fear reality. And that's the T. Welcome back to the Young God Pod. So, my next favorite book is The 33 Strategies of War, also by Robert Greene. This is inspired this was inspired by The Art of War by Sun Tzu, except that Rob's book is more tailored for today's human being, today's conflicts, today's challenges as when it comes to um, leading people and and dealing with problems on all kinds of battlefields, whether it's in a boardroom or uh, you know what, whatever, it's just it's that kind of book. And uh, and this book is all about the mind, strategy, wisdom, and mental strength. It was while reading this book that I first began to think of what I now call the God mentality. The book emphasizes the mind as the most important weapon we possess and the solution to a lot of our problems. It emphasized the importance of developing it, training it, and controlling it. That is key. Controlling it so that it will serve us well through thick and thin. Three things that stood out to me in this book were 1. Keep your presence of mind, whatever the circumstances, so you can make better decisions. 2. Make your mind tougher by exposing it to difficult situations instead of shying away. And three, learn to detach yourself from the chaos going on around you instead of getting involved emotionally. 
That way you can think clearly and objectively. The general idea is that if your mind is sharp and if you're willing to use it, it will always get you to the right solution of any problem. This is what some of, some of history's greatest generals possessed and I would like this power for myself. I'm working on it. The next book on my list, also by Robert Greene, I told you I read all the books and it just so happens that all of them <laughs> changed me in one way or the other. Okay, so this next book is called Mastery. And it's about the path to achieving the highest level of proficiency in a skill you're learning or your craft. When we think of masters in the field, we think of Tiger Woods in golf, Lionel Messi and Ronaldo in, in football, LeBron James and Steph Curry in basketball. And that's just sports. Just think of, of those people who stand out in their area of expertise and how they perform at the highest level humanly possible. They play the, the game the way it's supposed to be played. So the book Mastery details the mindset and the process required to become a master in your own area of expertise. Starting with, you know, starting from zero experience to being an amateur until mastery is achieved. The book draws the, the, the book draws from the lives of some of history's most renowned masters such as Mozart, Leonardo da Vinci, etc. etc. So that we may learn by emulating the best practitioners in all fields throughout history. A quote that stands out to me in, in this book was by Charlie Parker, the greatest jazz man ever. He said, learn the instrument, learn the music, then forget all that shit and play. That's what masters do. They learn the rules and then they break them. And they break them and then they rebuild the rules. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? You know, like how could you not want that for yourself? How could you not read all these books and have this author illustrate to you what people have done, how they've done it, and how could you read that and still want to be the same? That's my point about all of this, you know. And um, anyway, let me not digress too much. The book Mastery emphasized the virtue of patience, hard work, and humility that one must internalize in order to move up the mastery ladder. The book also breaks down the social aspect of mastery as it relates to dealing with people who hate your genius or wish to exploit your genius. Thanks to the book, I'm now obsessed with two things, mastery of myself and mastery of my crafts. Again, watch this space. <laughs> right now we're going to take a break from Robert Greene for a bit. This next book is called how to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci by Michael Gelb. The book is based on the premise that everyone is gifted with virtually unlimited potential for learning and creativity. And Leonardo da Vinci is the ultimate example of a well-rounded creative individual. He's a mentor of mine. Yo, listen, if you're not familiar with the brilliance of Leonardo da Vinci, his life and his work, and his innumerable contributions to mankind, do yourself a favor and educate yourself. 
the airplane, the, the, the airplane that we know today was based off his initial sketches and ideas. And that's just one aspect. That dude is a genius, is as genius as they come. He's most known for painting the Mona Lisa and the Last Supper, but he did a whole lot more in virtually every field from mathematics to anatomy to architecture, even war. He was a war planner for some, you know, king back in the day. I mean, and he, and he excelled in everything. So this is a guy that was just committed to learning and excellence. And how could I not want to emulate that? The book outlines seven Da Vinci principles, as the author called it. He believes that these are essential elements of genius that we can all internalize in order to emulate. You know, and, I've, and I have tried to internalize them myself. So, you know, while I will never paint the Mona Lisa, keeping these principles in mind each day helps me make the most out of my own unique gifts. So while I don't have enough time to like name all the principles, you can just go read the book. Just do a quick Google search on it, how to think like Leonardo da Vinci, and you will see the principles. And I hope you'll learn something. So all the books I've mentioned thus far, I read them in my early adult life when I was just still finding myself. But these final three books I'm about to mention, I read them more recently, within the last two years or so. And one of them is particularly unexpected. If you've listened to this, if you if you if you've listened to me this far into the show, bear with me. After all, you can't put a limit on great content. Can I get an amen? Alright. The next book on my list is a treasure of a book called 12 Rules for Life by Jordan B. Peterson. Yo! This book, guys. It was a fantastic book from start to finish that beautifully interweaves history, religion, science, and philosophy into a highly pragmatic book on how to be a fulfilled, successful, better human being. It was like, he's like, he's the Canadian version, literally, of Robert Greene. His style is more gentle, but it's still very, very, very poignant. The author dropped high-level thoughts mixed with common sense on all kinds of societal issues. It is a book that merges perfectly with the God mentality. One particular rule I like is Rule 6, which says, Set your house in perfect order before you criticize the world. Ha, <laughs> this one, wow. This brings social media to mind. For example, like, like everybody has such extreme, absolute ideas of how messed up the world is and how everyone needs to change, except them. But the book is saying, don't attempt to change the world until you have organized your own life. Have some humility. If you cannot bring peace to your own small circle of existence, how dare you try to rule a city? If that isn't common sense, I don't know what is. I read this book over Christmas last year and it was the best Christmas gift I've gotten for myself in a while. I can't even, I can't even lie. Next up is The Gospel of Thomas. Yes, you heard right. The Gospel of Thomas. Sounds weird, like, like I, I didn't know Thomas had a gospel. Well, now you know. And it's it's hidden for a reason. 
And I told you that one of the books will be unexpected. To be fair, the Gospel of Thomas isn't technically a book in the Bible, but a compilation of secret sayings which Jesus spoke and which Didymus Judas Thomas wrote down. For some reason, it didn't make it into the Bible, but when you read them, you will begin to get a sense of why. I learned that the church suppressed it because the teachings were too niche and not easy for the layman to understand. And indeed, some of the sayings are incredibly hard to interpret, man. When I, when I, but, but, but the ones I was able to connect with were so powerful, man. I mean, in the gospel, Jesus said, I'll, I'll give you an example, and this is just, listen carefully. Are you ready? This is, like, you never get this in the gospel of Mark, Matthew, and John, and what's, what's the last guy's Luke. Like, this is some niche shit straight out of Jesus' mouth. Okay, here we go. Jesus said, If those who lead you say to you, See, the kingdom is in the sky, then the birds of the sky will precede you. If they say to you, It is in the sea, then the fish will precede you. Rather, the kingdom is inside of you, and it is outside of you. When you come to know yourselves, then you will become known, and you will realize that it is you who are the sons of the living Father. But if you will not know yourselves, you dwell in poverty, and it is you who are that poverty. Close quote. Let that sink in. If you got to rewind this part several times to hear what I'm trying to say, or better yet, go download the book. It's online and it's ready to be viewed. Don't let me whip out my Pastor Rodney outfit on you guys. Just go download this and, and get with the program. I'll say no more about that. Then the final book in this list is another by Robert Greene. <laughs> it is now painfully clear that I am a fan of this man's work. And if, you, if you're familiar with his work, you will understand why. His latest book, which actually came out late last year, I think October, I pre-ordered it because I was, I was firmly a stan. The, the, his latest book is called The Laws of Human Nature. I'm still currently reading it. You see, in all of his books, Robert Greene has, has a knack for exploring psychology and the human condition. But he himself admitted that the topic is so vast that he had to dedicate a book just to focus on it. And I have to tell you, I'm only on the first chapter and it's sizzling. This book is his attempt to explain and demystify something that should be so simple, yet it's so difficult and elusive, our own nature. I know one book is not enough to understand something as unpredictable as human nature, but this book is a, is a, is a powerful keystone to better understand people and ourselves. The first chapter is called Master Your Emotional Self. Just to give you a hint about where, where, where the book is going. I anticipate that the book will help me understand why people do what they do and how I can use both my psychological flaws and those of others to my advantage at work, in relationships, and in life. The game is the game, yo. 
arm yourself or continue to experience disappointment when it comes to people. And with that, we have come to the end of my list. Each of these books have permanent spots in my heart and, and my library. They really made me better. They really made me know who the fuck I am. Part of my French. In more ways than one. Books have power, man. But the right books, the right books can change everything. For example, I remember when I was in high school, I didn't know anything about mental strength. We were taught that though life after school would be tough, the remedy, the solution was academic excellence. They had us thinking that life was straightforward and as long as you got good grades in school and got your first class in college, that everything would just be smooth. Oh, but boy, I think we all, we all know that, that, that that's some bullshit, you know. They had us thinking that life was straightforward. You graduate, go to college, get a job, marry, have kids, name the kids, they grow up, and the cycle continues. We didn't know about the challenges of real life, the traps, loss, the expectations, the pressure, the general uncertainty of life. We didn't have the mentality to cope. That's why a lot of us suck at life right now. We didn't know that there was also the mental aspect. We didn't know that the main determinant of success in any field or sphere of life is our state of mind. We came in the game late. So I was fortunate enough to come across these books and educate myself early, applying the wisdom to my life as I lived it. But guys, I advise you to keep an open mind when you read these books. Don't take them too serious. Don't take them too literally. I mean, sorry, I mean, take them seriously, but not too literal. Like, I mean, you, you, you know what I mean when you read them. Otherwise, you'll miss the message. We'll be right back. If you really, really enjoy my content and you feel compelled to support me monetarily, there's a link in the description of this episode that will direct you to a payment portal where you can sign up to make small, recurring, automatic, monthly payments. You have the option of donating $0.99, cents, $5, or $10. Your monthly donations will go to leveling up the show and bringing you the content you've come to know and love. Once you sign up, I'll be able to see exactly who is supporting me and I'll be sure to shout you out and show my appreciation. No pressure. And thank you in advance. Welcome back to the Young God Pod. If you've made it this far, I salute you. I do. Can't be easy to listen to some guy talk some talk for 20-30 minutes. But we're about to wrap up this segment, this episode. And one more time before I go, here are the books in a proper list for you. 1. The 48 Laws of Power 2. The 50th Law 3. The Art of Seduction 4. 33 Strategies of War 5. Mastery, 
six, the laws of human nature. All of these are by Robert Greene. Seven, the Gospel of Thomas. Eight, 12 Rules for Life by Jordan B. Peterson. And nine, How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci by Michael J. Gelb. I recommend each of these highly. Now, it is important that I disclaim this message by telling you that these are my books for my journey. Somehow, the universe put them in my path and they all led me to this place I'm at where now I'm on a podcast talking about them. So these might not be the books for you, or they might be. Who knows? But you got to find yours. For example, I read this book called The Secret by Rhonda Byron. International bestseller. Amazing book by all accounts. But I couldn't stand it. It just wasn't for me. It wasn't speaking to my core values. I couldn't finish the book. At the same time, I know people whose lives have been positively altered by it. So all I'm saying is that there's something for everyone out there. Each of these these authors, they 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 um they're all saying the same thing but just in their own voice. So it's up to you to find the voice that speaks to you. All I'm saying is that you have to include self-help books into your reading diet. Don't just consume fantasy novels and autobiographies of people you stan. Escape but in moderation. Start reading books that challenge your current state of mind, that challenge your beliefs, that teach you something concrete and practical, that level up your head, your sense. Find your speed, your style. You know, self-help books come in different shapes and sizes and fresh perspectives on the same ideas. You know, but they all lead to the same goal, which is to make you a better person. Find what speaks to your spirit and go from there. For example, the title of the 48 Laws book drew me in the moment I read it. It might turn you off if you're shy about power, and that's okay. So just take my word for it. Self-help is king, especially in this day and age where most of us have been miseducated and are lacking crucial information in life and just uninformed. We're weak, man. We are weak. We're having a hard go at this adulting thing and it's showing. So you must take responsibility for your development. That's God mentality right there. Damn. And that brings me to the end of this episode. Man, this was fun. This was cool, just reminiscing, you know. And you just can imagine for me how it must have felt just going through this and thinking about, you know, my life and my journey as I've as I've been as I've been going along and using books to as 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 a, how do you say like a marker for each stage of my life. It's incredibly personal to me, and I'm glad to be sharing it with you. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe. You can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Rodney Avo, Rodney Avo, one word. You can follow the official podcast page at The Young God Pod. 
only on Instagram though. Your feedback is always appreciated. I'm ready to talk and, you know, exchange ideas and, you know, connect. That said, Rodney out.